Hey guys, welcome to episode 39 of Res Hockey. I am your <laughs> I am your host, Trev. Tongue tied there for a second. I was thinking, who am I? I'm Trev. <laughs> and uh this week we have a special guest host. Welcome back, Spuddy. What's up, Spud? Not too much here. Uh nothing. Living the life as always. Uh thanks for taking the time out of your uh Busy schedule, uh, come on the show. <laughs> Whitefish Bay uh, hockey tournament should uh, should their playoffs be starting soon? So Spud took yeah. the time out of his busy schedule for uh, to come on. <laughs> Cut my nap short. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, four hours to two. Yeah. Are you uh, much of a napper sometimes? Um. Sometimes, yeah, but not often, do you? Yeah, I take naps whenever I can, but I only maybe up to, up to an hour. Anything up to an hour is way too much, and I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Naps are good, though. I love naps now. Imagine if you would have listened <laughs> as a kid when you, they always your parents always told you the, the nap, and I hate <laughs> naps. But now as an adult, you just love them and take advantage of everything chance you get right the only kind i don't like is where you feel like did i miss a whole day or is it the next morning already you know those kind ever take a nap and just wake up is like where am i yeah just like after a night of party and you just wake up it's like where am i yeah oh don't miss those (laughs) okay our guest for episode 39 he is from Canoe Lake, Saskatchewan. He played junior for Edmonton. What's Edmonton's junior team called? Edmonton Oil, Oil Kings. Oil Kings? Yeah. And he played for Prince Albert Raiders. He attended the University of Saskatchewan. He played on the Canoe Lake Young Guns as they won the Francis Saskamoose last year. Our guest is Mr. Craig McCollum. So I'm looking forward to that interview. So, yeah, let's go. Uh, Cuz of the Week. We actually have two Cuz of the Week. So, go Cuz of the Week, I guess you could say. Cuz of the Week for episode, episode 39 is Mr. Louis Napish and Jeremiah Gardner of <laughs> Eagle Lake. Um, they were they were nominated, I guess, to be Cuz of the Week. So, we said, sure, why not? So, Thanks, Louie and Jer, for uh, being uh, fans of the show and whatnot. So, thanks, guys. Now we'll head over the sh- shout outs. Do you have any shout outs this weekend? This weekend? Yeah, <laughs> this the- week's buddy. <laughs> yeah, just uh, to my mom and then my nephew's uh, birthday today, and then to Nathan Breer. I think he's off to the Provincials in Manitoba for senior hockey. So good luck, Nate. Nate the Great. Yeah, good luck, bud. And happy birthday, Elaine. Would you, uh, did you buy her anything or cook her anything? No, uh, I think we're going to wait till the weekend because she's isolating right now. So, oh, is she? Yeah. Hope you're feeling better. And where are you guys going to go? Just probably just here, like barbecue here or something at home. Yeah, it's nice enough to barbecue. Yeah. Just well done steaks. Just don't yeah. 
put them on the grill and don't wash them. They'll be well done yeah. anyways. <laughs> Just no grill marks on one on one side. Yeah. Typical res. What about like. your? How do you like your steaks? Oh, probably like uh, medium rare. Yeah, I'm a medium rare too. I think anything else is kind of just butchering. Like you, you're paying in the good money to buy a steak. So why, why pay? Why make it like well done? It's just yeah. there's no taste, and it's like eating leather. I got stand- was, was uh, talking about that. They heard one guy say, "Just, just knock the cow. Just knock it out." <laughs> yeah, there's. I know so some good. guys that eat it blue. It's just. A little bit of sear on both sides, and it's like 95, 95% just raw. Wow. I mean, like medium (laughs) rare is good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. How about when you go to the States and you go to a restaurant and you order a burger and it's like medium rare? Did that ever happen to you? Oh, yeah. Felt like it was just fresh out of the, uh, the packaging or something like that. Yeah, I don't mind my steak medium rare, but I don't like my burger medium rare. Just that <laughs> that look of uh, barely cooked uh, ground yeah. beef. It's like, <laughs> oh. yeah, I noticed only a lot of the American restaurants do that. But so, yeah, that's that's still weird. Uh, weird to see. Yeah. I'll give a shout out to Brian and Shane Phelan. Um, they're they live here in Kenora. I've known Shane for a number of years and I coached him a, a couple of years in hockey. Great family. Brian's a big hockey dad supports um, Shane's hockey career. And Shane has a really good hockey career and a break career. So um, thanks guys for your support. I saw Brian at the rec center over the weekend at uh, one of the high school hockey games. So it's good to see Brian. I haven't seen Brian since the pandemic started. So, Nice guys, big hockey fans. So thanks guys for your support. And I want to say congrats to PBCN Stars as they beat Canoe Lake at the Jim Nelson Memorial Tournament in Saskatchewan. Um, Devin Buffalo was the winning goalie for the Stars. Devin was on the show, I think it was episode 11. So it's good to see our former guest still playing hockey and still winning those big tourneys. So. Yeah. Um, I watched some of it on Facebook and it was good. It was a lot of good hits. <laughs> well, it was a big hitting tournament, eh? Yeah. So I don't think I'd be able to hit to play in a hitting contact. <laughs> I'd be sore for days. So uh Austin Matthews and your boy there, Leon Dreisaitl hit 50 genos. Yeah. Do you think anyone will hit 60 this year? there's anybody, I think Matthews could do it. That guy just, anything he fires just seems to be going in, so. You see him getting him a lot of uh, chirps for getting his 50th goal because it was an empty net. Does it make a difference? No, they, they ask you, or how's it going again? They ask you how and not how, or they don't ask you how, they ask you how many. Yeah. So. I'd be happy scoring an empty net goal, especially your 50th goal. Oh yeah, that's that's no easy feat. Yeah, so I think he'll hit sixty. You still got what three weeks of hockey left in the regular season, so yeah. I could see that. 
Hmm. Crazy how many like uh, 30 plus like scores there are just so much of them. I know, right? Like, yeah. and some of these guys are first time 30 goal scores. <laughs> yeah. Like that um, Norris from uh, Senators, I think is like 39 now. I think. That's crazy. What yeah. about uh, Makar off Colorado? Do you think he'll, he'll get that over 30 goals? Does he be amazing. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. I'll look. I'll look right now. Kale. Kale. Makar. He has 24 goals so far. So do you think Possible, he'll? Yeah. He's a different kind of uh, defenseman. He's so good. Yeah. But I when I watch Colorado, he likes to stick. He's like a Latang almost. He's once that guy's in front of that, he'll cross check you. Yeah. That'd be cool to see a defenseman get thirty goals. Yeah. Maybe so, he'll finish with eighty five points this year. Could happen. Maybe ninety. That'd be cool. Yeah. I wonder how Coffee got all those goals. What is it like? Forty eight goals he got in one year. The yeah. title league record. Like, how do you get 48 goals as a a, de- a defenseman? Right, well, cherry picking. Playing with Gretzky, right? A lot yeah. of three on twos, three on ones. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of 90 points, Roman Yossi's at 81 right now. He's a, a defenseman at 81 points? Yeah. I think he's actually leading the Predators in points. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I yeah. wasn't expecting that. That's one team I don't like watching watch to play on yeah. when it's on TV. I'll just I'll rather watch American Idol or something. Yeah. So Turn boring it on the cooking network. Yeah, I just find it boring. A lot of those American teams like Philadelphia, Arizona, maybe Dallas. Most of the <laughs> times I'll just turn the channel and watch something else. Since it, since there's a new season of American Idol, I've been watching it weekly. I only watch like the first five or six episodes when they have the auditions. Yeah. Yeah, those are the best ones. Then what, what, the the last few when they're finalists. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the Leafs jerseys? The the black, the black and blue, then the reversible, the yellow. It's not bad. It's, it's different to see them wearing black like Never thought I'd see Toronto wear black ever. I like the black. It looks cool. Yeah. I wonder if they'll do it more often. Just uh only thing is Justin Bieber's associated with those jerseys, right? And yeah, yeah. Did you see him when he was in the least dressing room after that win? Like he had a yeah. big puffy blue jacket. Yeah. I look like a res kid in, in every dressing room during the weekend. Hanging out, or yesterday at the Grammys when he was doing his uh, red carpet, it looked like he bore his cousin's suit for court. Just <laughs> really baggy. And... Did you ever see like, like uh, when some guys have to dress for court and they just wear wear really baggy <laughs> suits? Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh shit, that guy's gonna jail no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Shit. 
Keith Yandel then. Okay. What's up? Uh, Keith Yandel, his game sh- consecutive game sh- streak ended at 989 games. Are you for it or against it that he, that he was a healthy scratch? I'd say against it because they could have at least just just let him let let him finish the year, keep going. Yeah, no kidding. Even though he was having uh, like a bad year, plus minus wise, the guy played nine hundred eighty nine games in a row. That's unheard of. I can't even imagine no. myself playing that many. That, that whole team's been pretty bad, so I don't know why they would punish just him. So. Yeah, Philadelphia's not having a good year. No. Are they in the playoffs? I don't think no, so. No, they're right? way out of it. Yeah. Philadelphia, they have... They don't even see him. 55 points, so they're one point... Better than New Jersey Devils in the Metropolitan Division. So, yeah, you might as well keep playing him, right? Yeah. Um, at least he deserves he deserves to be played to keep that record going. Yeah, that is kind of kicking the balls. They're 22, 36, and 7. Like, come <laughs> on. You might as well play him. He's not going to – they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. 11 games. Oh, a long ago. time ago, I think, eh? Yeah, yeah. 11 games short of a thousand games in a row, and they healthy scratch him. I'd be pissed off. That is a totally kick in the nut. And now I think it's just Kessel that's uh, still going with the streak there. I wonder if Kessel will break it. Do you think he'll break it? I think so. How does a guy just, he doesn't look in shape, but he still flies out there? Like you can tell he doesn't work out or just no. like a totally dad bod and still flying yeah. out there. I've heard uh I think it was on Nash Knuckles they're saying that might be a secret because you know he's not straining himself working out, so probably some some kind of uh thing there. Special gene. That's why I yeah. don't work out. Same yeah. as him. Yeah, same. <laughs> might <laughs> might strain yourself and there goes your game. Yeah. Is he a free agent this year after the season? I think so, yeah. I think the Leafs are still paying him, too. <laughs> Jeez, Toronto. I wonder, wonder if he'll hang it up or if he'll keep it going. Where is he from? He's from Wisconsin. So we're the closest uh, NHL city is either Chicago or Minnesota. And he played yeah. his universe, played hockey at Minnesota, University of Minnesota, so. But he probably had to take a big pay cut, right? Oh, yeah, because I, I think next year when uh, they started getting hammered with all those uh, penalties for buying out, uh, was it Suter and Parise? So, oh, yeah. 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 Hmm. Still, yeah, yeah, make, his last year. Yeah. at least mm, I'd pay him maybe three million tops. Yeah. End of his career, he'll get 20 goals. That's a yeah, three uh, three mil. So, with that being said, uh, let's go over to our interview with Mr. Craig McCallum.
of Canoe Lake, Saskatchewan. So let's go. Hey, Res Hockey. Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for episode 39. He comes from all the way from Canoe Lake, First Nation. Res Hockey would like to welcome Mr. Craig McCollum. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we were talking earlier before we, we were recording. We were talking about this past weekend at the Jim Nielsen uh, Memorial Tournament. You said you played for your home community, Canulik. How'd you guys do? Uh, we ended up uh, losing in the final to a, a very strong PBCN team. Um, you know, they've had a couple good weekends here. So, um, but yeah, no, we just kind of ran out of gas. We had three games to get back to the final on Sunday. So it was kind of, <laughs> it was a big hill to climb. But, um, but yeah, no, it's fun. It's, I mean, there's hockey tourneys, they're, they're fun time. And, um, you know, even though you got that climb, it was, it was still a lot of fun. Fun to go to battle with the boys. How is it playing body contact now? You're, uh, what, 33? 30, 30, 33, yeah. No, 33? No. How is it playing body yeah. contact now? Uh, it's <laughs> – I didn't realize it takes that much uh, – it takes that much out of you. I'm starting to feel it now. When I was younger and playing lots, it was – you, know, you, you can bounce back pretty quick, but now that you're older, I'm sure you know that, but uh, it takes a little longer. <laughs> and that, <laughs> those Mondays after tourney season, uh, uh, they're pretty, uh, pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you played junior in the dub for Edmonton and Prince Albert. How was your years of playing junior there? Um, it was pretty cool that first year in Edmonton. Um, they, it was our first year back in the league. So it was their inaugural season. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of hype in the city and, and it was just an exciting time to, to be playing for that team. Um, we didn't do very good as a team, but, uh, but you know, it was still exciting because playing in the WHL was always one of my dreams and one of my goals. And so being able to do that finally, um, it was really, really cool. Um, and then my 20 year old year, I got traded to Prince Albert and honestly, like being traded, I don't know, it's, it's not a good feeling to, to be traded. I mean, you know, you, you don't really hear about it, but like guys emotionally or like mentally, it's hard to process that, you know, a team doesn't want you anymore. And, um, and that's really what I was focusing on. And then on that drive home, I started to think about, well, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. And on my drive to PA, um, you know, I thought about all the, I tried to focus on the positives of moving there. One thing that was really cool is that it was the closest team to my community and my parents. And so um, that was exciting. And then on the flip side of it, yeah, one team doesn't want you, but this other team does want you. And so um, once I, once I changed my focus a little bit, um, I went into it really well and I had my best year um, and that uh, having 72 points in 72 games and you know we had a decent year we had a chance to to go to the playoffs but <clears throat> didn't quite cut it but it was still a fun year and a, and a fun place to play unfortunately racism is still a part of the the, the game that we love the game that we play um <laughs> tell us your experience with racism in, in hockey well this um you know it's kind of I, I don't want to get too long-winded, but um, it started when I was a kid. 
I mean, you know, growing up, we all have those talks with our parents or our moms or our dads that tell us, you know, you're going to hear fans tell you, yelling things from the stands. You're going to hear other teams saying stuff, trying to bring you down. And, and so I was really prepared for that growing up. Um, but what I wasn't prepared for was experiencing that racism within my own dressing room. You know, having your own teammates say stuff that to you or about people that look like you. And, and so um, there were a couple of big instances and, and one of them almost ended my career just because I didn't want to play hockey anymore because it was hard to, to deal with. Um, when I played AAA in North Alford, um, I was experiencing racism. Um, my team, <clears throat> uh, some of my teammates were you know, calling they wouldn't say it to me. They would say it to people that look like me. They'd talk about people in the community, you know, calling them dirty chugs or dirty Nietzsche's and savages and all this stuff. And they weren't saying it to me, but they were saying it to people that look like me. So it made me think, you know, what do they think about me? And, and so I internalized that and um, I didn't tell anybody about it because, of, you know, I didn't want to risk my spot on the team. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I wanted to try and fit in and, um, so those two years there in North Balfour were really, really hard because of that. Um, and then when I got to the WHL, uh, you know, I thought I was over that stuff. I thought like, these guys are older, these guys are more mature. Um, you know, it's not going to be like that here. Um, my first year in Edmonton, um, you know, I sat, I sat beside the captain and, um, I, he was out warming up or something and there was tape in a stall. And so I grabbed some tape to tape my stick. Um, he comes back in and he's like, get your hands off that you dirty Indian. And, and I was like, Whoa. And just kind of taken back and, and I didn't know what to do. And um, I left the room and I was clearly, <clears throat> I was visibly upset and, and trying to figure out what I was going to do, what my next move was. How do I deal with this? And I was like, not again. Like, I can't do this again. And, uh, and one of my teammates, um, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, he, he, he passed away this, uh, this year and, uh, in a tragic accident. But Matt Swaby, um, amazing guy, amazing friend. And uh, I'll always remember what he did for me. Um, you know, he came and talked to me and asked me what was wrong. And um, I told him what happened and he ended up talking to coaches and then we had some meetings um, and within like, you know, two weeks, the, the captain was traded. And so it worked out for me that time because I had, <clears throat> I had someone to talk to. I had someone that was an ally to me, someone that was <clears throat> willing to listen Um and, and, and help me overcome that. And so, um, yeah, I know it's, it's frustrating because like, you, know, you think that our game has evolved, our world has evolved, but, but that's still a big part of our game today. And, 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 you know, if you don't have people to help you overcome that, it can be, it could end your career. And, and, you know, you see a lot of young kids going through it and it's, it's really, really frustrating to see that's still a problem. Yeah, that's that's totally totally right. Um, after junior, you went you went to the University of Saskatchewan, where you played for the Huskies. How was that experience playing uh, U sports? Uh, that was it was crazy because like, yeah, you're playing elite hockey, but you also gotta really really focus on your studies and and being a student athlete, it it's it's a lot of work. 
And so I had to grow up really quick. I had to learn how to manage my time a little better, um, set my priorities. I had to do all my own cooking and cleaning. I didn't have billets anymore. So it was like, it was a big wake up call, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, that team, um, we're a really solid team. We're competitive the whole time I was there. We went to nationals three times. Uh, we won Canada West one time. Um, you know, it was well, even while I was there, I got to represent uh, Team Canada in Spain, playing a few shoot games. Um, and so, like that, that five years was was unreal. There was a lot going on, and you know, I got a degree coming out of it, and and in education. And so, that's what I'm doing now. I'm actually a teacher, a grade nine teacher here in the city. So, um, you know, that that five years was. Was unreal. It was busy and, and hectic, but but uh, a lot of fun. When you were going to school and playing hockey, did uh, were you able to? How did that work? Were you able to get financial assistance from your reserve, or because like I'm not like I know some players in Ontario they get sponsored from their education from their band, right? To play, were you able to do the same? Yeah, well, like. When you play in the when you play in the dub, there's a scholarship program they have. Um, so every year you play in the dub. I think there's a minimum set of games. Um, you're you're given a five thousand dollars sponsorship towards your, your schooling and stuff, um, and then some for books as well. So I was able to utilize that, um, and then scholarships. Um, but then with my band, because of the additional funding I was getting on the side, I didn't want to take away from. Okay. Other people get it funny because, you know, you know, in communities like our communities only get so much money for post-sec. Yeah. And so um, I didn't want to take away too much. And so um, for like living allowance, I would get that. Um, but I wouldn't get tuition or books because I was already getting that covered. And so, um, but yeah, it was. And still, like, even with the, the support that you are getting, like student life, being paying your own <laughs> bills. And, yeah. You know, trying to live a life of, uh, it, it was hard. It was still hard. <laughs> yeah. After you were done playing school, not playing school, <laughs> playing esports, you played one year in Scotland for the Edinburgh Capitals. Um, how was how was it playing in Europe? Was it hard to transition to the European style game, like the bigger ice? Um, it was, uh, you know, honestly, like. I thought I was going to go and play in a league that wasn't like the greatest. Um, I thought, cause I hadn't really heard of it and I didn't know a lot of players that went there. Um, and the people that I, the guys that I talked to that knew a bit about your hockey and stuff like that, they said it was like, okay. And so I didn't know what to expect, but the hockey ended up being a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, it's kind of a lot like senior here in, in, in Canada your, your imports are your better players. Every team I think has like 11 or 12 imports. And then you've got to get, you've got to rely on locals for the rest. Um, and so, you know, the imports play against imports, the, the locals play against the locals. And so it's, it was a lot better hockey than I thought. I actually found out while I was there, like, um, you know, Darren Fleury went to Belfast and played in that league too. Um, you know, Colton Yellowhorn's right over there right now playing in Glasgow and, you know, there were a lot of good players that had played in that league and, and were playing that league. We played against uh, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, um, he was playing in Glasgow. I can't even remember his name now, though. But, um, 
but yeah, the hockey was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, the, the toughest thing to transition um, was the lifestyle. Cause I had gone from, <clears throat> I had gone from being a student and, and, and full-time student and, and things like that to now being a professional hockey player. And, you know, my only job every day is to, to get to the rink and make sure I'm ready for practice and ready to play. And so it's like, what do you do with the other 10 hours of the day? <laughs> and, but luckily like Edinburgh is one of the, out of all the cities that I went to in the UK, um, Edinburgh was probably the nicest city. There's a castle right in the middle on top of a hill and the downtown. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of really cool sites, a lot of cool things. And I like history. So, you know, looking at paintings that were painted before Columbus discovered Canada, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And so, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a cool experience, really cool experience. Were you able to uh, get in some golfing? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. Um, golf is probably my, yeah, I love hockey because of everything it's allowed me to see and do. Um, but golf is now my favorite sport just because it allows me to stay competitive and do something. Just because I got that, we got that, you know, as a hockey player, you get that connect, com- competitive edge and I don't think you ever lose it. Um, but I don't want to be competitive like <laughs> as I was anymore. <laughs> and so, and you don't get the opportunity as much anymore. So, but with golf, like it's me against the course every day and I can always try and get better. And so it's, it's fun. It's a nice little outlet for me. Um, and so while I was down there, I lived, um, Edinburgh is only an hour and a half away from St. Andrews, the old oh, course. Nice. Um, so we went over there to sightsee and stuff. And then December 3rd, um, that year I, I walked on to St. Andrews and played it. Nice. <laughs> so that was, was oh, man, it was the best day of my life. Well, <laughs> don't tell my wife. It was the second best day of my, <laughs> second best day of my life. <laughs> I hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> but, but just to be like at a course that, you know, the, the, the home of golf and like all the history and the tournaments that you watch there. And like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, and then there's lots of like courses around the, uh, Edinburgh and stuff that I hit up and stuff, but um, yeah, well, to play St. Andrews, that was pretty, pretty cool. Who's going to win the Masters this year? Oh man, I hope Tiger plays. I hope Tiger plays. I'm just, <laughs> and, and that, they'll just like, honestly, like whoever wins after that is kind of whatever, but I hope he plays and he's in contention. And, but um, I really want uh, Brooks to win it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I honestly think I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Everyone's rooting for Tiger as always, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, last year, Canoe Lake won the Freddie. How was it playing for your home community and winning the tourney? Uh well, it's always you know it's always fun to to represent your community and uh, and play in front of the. In, in front of everyone, um, you know, one of my earliest memories with hockey was being at a tournament and watching the young guns play. And um, that's actually what made me want to become a hockey player. So we we're watching the game and <clears throat> one of our guys had gone down and scored and, you know, everyone's laughing or smiling and cheering and like happy and like there's joy, pure joy right there. And with all those fans that you're sitting around and 
I wanted to give that to my people, my community. I wanted to make them feel that way, that that sort of pride and, and happiness. And and so that's what kind of made me fall in love with hockey and want to play. And um, Freddie, obviously, like that, that tournament is it's the biggest one of the year. Um, and, you know, to honor Freddie and to play in his tournament, um, it's always a big deal. <clears throat> um, and then to win it, it's just like, uh, it was surreal. I mean, that day was hard. We, we had, uh, you know, it wasn't even a climb. We had four games on, on Sunday and four contact games against really, really good teams. Um, you know, my legs, like I had to go and get, uh, one of my buddies has, uh, some Normatec leg compression uh, <laughs> things. They're like $2,000. It's just like to help with recovery. Cause like I couldn't walk after that my legs were seizing up in the final game and um you know there are a couple of us that were cramping up and drinking salt water and eating bananas in between games, trying to just stay in but uh but that kind of made it all worth it i mean to to win that was was pretty surreal honestly and uh you know we'll remember that forever uh you guys got rings what do you what did you do with your ring do you wear it around on special occasions <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I actually just got mine yesterday. Yeah, I actually just got mine yesterday. So, um, no, I, right now it's just uh, sitting in uh, my bedside drawer, just just hanging out right now. I put it on, it's kind of big. It's kind of a um, <laughs> kind of a little bit too big for me. We'll see. I don't know when I'll wear it or, or what, but um, pretty cool. Pretty cool yeah, to add to the memory. And I mean. Uh, the stories. I mean, that day was that weekend was pretty crazy. That day was pretty crazy too. So, will you be playing again this year in the Freddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be going back. Um, um, I think that's that's a fun one. I think everyone wants to be a part of. I mean, it's you know, it's there's tons of fans, tons of people, and then you know, a lot of the best players from across the country are coming and. You know, it's it's just a fun time. And so, yeah, I think everyone looks forward to that one. And, and we're definitely looking forward to it, too. So who are some of your good, good hockey buddies? <clears throat> well, um, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, but uh, Dwight King is one of my one of my best friends. Um, and uh, the first time I moved away from home for hockey, uh, I moved in with him and his family um, and. Uh, before I moved in with him, um, I didn't know that, you know, there were levels to hockey. <laughs> like there was a certain level. Yeah. Like I was just a little, I was just a little res kid, right? Like I didn't, I, I never lived off the reserve. I never like knew what the, the process was. Like I thought you, I thought you played midget, midget hockey and then you just went straight to the NHL. Like I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> junior and like AHL and all these different steps. And I was like, what the, and so so when we moved, when I moved in with Dwight, um, obviously like he was already a, a stud in, in terms of like um, being a prospect for the WHL. And, you know, it was kind of, uh, at that time, it felt like it was inevitable that he was going to make the NHL because of how talented and, and talented and the intangibles that he had, like he's such a smart player, um, especially at that age, he was so far above everyone else. Um, but DJ, his brother DJ King was, 
uh, playing in Lethbridge. And I was like, where's Lethbridge? Like, what's going on? And so that's when I learned about the WHL. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then he went on to Kelowna and won a Mem Cup with them and then went on to play in the NHL. And so um, that was kind of the, the thing for me, I think that kind of showed me what I need to do to get to the next level because like there's we got a lot of skill in our communities there's a lot of talented hockey players out there but I don't think they understand how much work it takes you know and I always admire the guys that make the NHL or the guys that go to that next level and play for a long time because it takes a lot of work you know like I watching Dwight and watching DJ and just trying to copy what they did you know I didn't know it, it took that much work to play in the NHL or to to do that kind of stuff right um and so um that was for me when I realized how hard I had to work if I wanted to make the next level and so Dwight was was great he um he kind of just took me along for the ride his you know he was he had an agency and so he had workout plans he had um nutritional plans and skates and ice times with skills coaches and things like that and he just he'd ask if I could come too and they're like yeah sure and so I would go and um yeah it just led to to me uh figuring out what it took and then finding a way within myself to figure out you know do I want this bad enough to do all that and then uh and then put in the work and so yeah no that was he's one of my best hockey buddies and one of the most successful for sure, winning two cups yeah. with LA. And so you know, I remember, I remember laying in bed, like we, we shared a room and uh, laying in bed and talking about like, which NHL team we're going to play for when we get older. And one of his was always uh, Montreal. He wanted to play in Montreal. And I was like, man, that's a shitty team. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, whatever. And, uh, and then he got to actually play for Montreal for a bit. And so that was the, uh, it was cool just to you know, see my buddy live out his dreams and, and realize everything that we had, you know, we played for Stanley cups on the pond. We played for, you know, all that stuff and he did all that. And so it was really, uh, makes me really proud to know him and to know like, because it's <clears throat> mostly because like, I know how much work he put into it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't given to him. Yeah. He was, he's got a lot of size and things like that, but he put in a lot of work to, to achieve all that stuff and so um that's pretty cool that is awesome uh music what's on your playlist oh man <clears throat> um <laughs> right now uh well i guess i didn't really like uh, i didn't expect this question <laughs> there's there's honestly a, a lot of round dance right now a lot of round dance tunes yeah um I didn't. Uh, I didn't grow up with my culture. Sports kind of took me away from a lot of it. But uh, when I was in university, I started to reconnect. And since finishing hockey and uh, having a lot more time on my hands, I've started to reconnect uh, to different things. And one of the things I've always wanted to do is learn to sing. And so, yeah, uh, I got some buddies that are helping me with that. Uh, and then at my school, um, I started a drum group um, with some students. And so we're learning some songs right now. And yeah, just uh, a lot of round dance right now. That's awesome. Advice for young players. What would you uh, give advice? What would you say to the young guys? Um, 
Well, one thing that yeah, we talked about a little bit is is it's hard to to not only exist but succeed in in an environment that doesn't really understand who you are as a person, you know, being indigenous. And so um, you know, try and try and stay focused on on your goals and try and understand, you know, that you know who you are is someone someone you can be proud of. Um, and when you face adversity, don't do what I did. Like I internalized it and I dealt with it in a, in a bad way. Um, you know, the, you have a lot of people that love you and support you, and so lean on them whenever you can. Um, if you've got obstacles or or you're facing discrimination or anything like that, but just just lean on your people. Lean on your people, and and they'll help you overcome it, and and just keep going, keep moving. That's uh, well said. Well said, right there. Okay, before we let you go, we'll uh, finish our interview with five <laughs> rapid niche questions. All right, all right, all right. Okay, number one, baked or fried bannock? Fried bannock. Number two, ever use a bed sheet for a door or a curtain? <laughs> You're just trying to expose people, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up to, I grew up on the rest. You know I used it as a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> number three, ever see Ernest Munias live in concert? Oh man, I think I think I've seen him on the res like at a wedding or something, but I, I can't remember it, so I can't I can't say yes to this one. Number four, Bannock Burger or Indian Taco? Uh, I'm an Indian Taco guy. I'm an Indian Taco guy. Fifth and last question: Can you jig? Ah, uh, I I learned how when I was in university as part of like my schooling, um, but I don't think I was very good, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> That's probably around 50-50 for all the guys we had on the show. So don't feel too bad. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, Craig. Um, I thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. Uh, I know it's pretty late and you got school in the morning. So I thank you for coming on the show, man. It's uh, It's been an honor and a privilege. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I listen to the podcast. I enjoy it. So uh, it's fun to be a part of. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. And uh, take care. You too. Hey guys, that was a good interview with Craig. Um, it's always an honor and a privilege to interview these hockey players and have them share their stories to the youth and um, you guys that listen. Um, I think sharing their stories will give a lot of our youth hockey players, um, what's the word? Encouragement and something that's, if they could do it, you guys could do it. So that's one of the main things why we started this podcast is for the youth and um, to fulfill their dreams of playing hockey and going to that highest level they could make it to. So, yeah, thanks again, Craig, man. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully meet you in person and Next month. Next month is May already. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. March, uh, just, March just flew by. Yeah, I know, right? March was a busy weekend. Busy weekend. Busy month <laughs> for me. Like, first weekend, I was in Eveleth, Minnesota. Next weekend, I was in Thunder Bay. One weekend, I stayed home. Then the last weekend, I was in Dryden for that 
old timers tournament. So three out of the four weekends, I was on the road and just living that hotel life and the fast food life. So I think this month I got to try not to eat uh, fast food. But I just say that and here last week, I went to Quesada with Terry. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know so what did Quesada you do is, it's like a Chipotle. It's a, a Mexican place. How did you do in that Dryden tournament? Uh, the Dryden tournament, um, I played in two divisions, and I didn't know you were – you you weren't supposed to play in two divisions. Oh, so I played in the thirty five plus and forty five plus. And the thirty five plus, we made it all the way to the finals, but the team that we were supposed to play in the finals uh, forfeited because they were all banged up and they didn't want to play. While yeah. we only had six guys, <laughs> and they still had like ten guys, and they didn't want to play. It's like so whatever. Then when that happened. The 45 plus that I was playing with the team, they were in the final. So I was like, okay, I'll, uh, cause I wasn't going to play because I, I, I wanted to play the 35 plus. Yeah. So that the 45 plus team, the Copperfin Moose, I think they were called, they were playing. So, so I was like, okay, I'll go play this game. So get some ice time. And I played one shift and the other team protested. Oh, <laughs> And the other and the ref said, uh, sorry, you can't play uh two divisions, so you so you gotta get off the ice. And I was like, okay, whatever, fine. But Saturday I played both divisions. I played four games and no one said nothing. Yeah. You could see me. I got blue pants, blue gloves, and a blue helmet. So and no one said nothing until we I played in the finals. And I think I I didn't say nothing because I was just too tired. I think I was like <laughs> seven my seventh game that weekend is like, yeah, I don't care, man. And I just, I won't put up a fight. So yeah, that was, and they, that my team Copperfin ended up, ended up losing two, two to one. So at least I won one division, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's getting harder and harder to play with six, six players, man, six, seven players. It's, we were playing against teams with like, 10, 12, 13 players as a quality shit. Give us a break. It's fun though. Old time. Are you all done for the year? Uh yeah, I think so. I'm just hockeyed out. Uh, I just don't feel like playing no more. Time to get in shape for the winter, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Start walking and not doing much. Okay, we'll uh, go to our Res Hockey Top 5. And this week, our Top 5 is... Top 5 things you will hear an auntie say at a Res tourney. So, number 5. I told you that was your cousin. (laughs) You just hear an auntie in a lobby or in a stand just talking to one of her, her relatives and... Maybe they hooked up the night before or something. And she goes, I told you that was your cousin. <laughs> it's funny. You can, you, yeah. you can just picture someone saying that just really loud. Oh, I've probably heard it to you before. <laughs> Walking through the lobby. So, yeah, it's something. And you can't help but just turn around and look right away to see where the yeah. hell did that come from. Okay. okay, number four for top five things you will hear an auntie say at a res tourney. I only needed one number for that jackpot. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually at every tourney, there's a big monster bingo happening in the community. So, and most likely there's going to be a lot of aunties there. And you'll always hear that one auntie say, I only needed that one number for the jackpot. Yeah. That's the story of everyone's life. You only needed the one number. Or my number was on the screen and someone said bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Always happens. Okay, number four. Oh, no, that was number four. Number three. What time are we going out? I need a nap beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> when the auntie needs a nap beforehand, you know she's going to go all out at the bar that night. So. Yeah. Arrested she, auntie, probably, a bad auntie. She was probably already pre-gaming all day, too. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Okay, number two. I knew his dad when he played back in 93. <laughs> <laughs> the auntie's just sitting in the stand. She sees a younger guy, and they start talking about him. She's, and then she goes, yeah, I knew his dad when he played back in 93. Yeah. A solid vet, that auntie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number one for the top five things you will hear an auntie say at a rest, Ernie. I could have been his mom. <laughs> oh. a solid auntie, just. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I there's no comment for that. That's enough yeah. said with that one. Yeah. yeah. I could have been his mom. <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, top five for this week. And like I said, the previous weeks, if you have any ideas for top five, shoot us a direct message or, I don't know, a DM, I think they call them. Yeah. Just shoot us a message and we'll uh, be happy to share. Because sometimes I get, I hit a wall and I just can't think sometimes. So shoot us a message, man. Okay. If there was a niche hockey hall of fame, who would be the first five inductees to this hall of fame? Well, obviously you probably go Fred Sasaskamus, obviously, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um would you go older players or then some older players first? Then as the as years move on, you start putting the younger guys like the Jordan. I mean, the Jordan Tutus, Jonathan Chichus, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you got Francis Saskamoose, Brian Trache, the late Jim Nielsen, like Ted Nolan, and who else? Like, George Armstrong. Those are five players from the past that that made it to the NHL and played, made a big impact in First Nations hockey, right? Or would you toss some young guys in that mix like the Dan Frawley's that played guys that played in the 80s or would you just stick to the 50s 60s 70s or if you you were to go with one guy from when when um one decade decade. yeah okay 50s would be uh Fritz Saskamoos 60s would be George Armstrong 70s would be Trache, eighties, nineties. That's Nolan. a good one. Who, who? Ted Nolan. He had a good playing career and had a good coach coaching career in the nineties. Then two yeah. thousands would probably 
John Chichu. Yeah. That'd probably be my five. So would you agree with my five? Oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be I wonder if they'll ever start a like a niche. I don't, I don't know why nobody has it. Yeah. There's enough players, yeah. right? That enough builders, enough players, and yeah. Hmm. So we should start one, Spud. Yeah, we should. <laughs> put a little bit of money together. If you want to donate to our cause, the Nish Hockey Hall of Fame, we will be taking e-transfers. Um, no post-dated checks, though. <laughs> uh, we'll take... But nothing, nothing that bounces. No rubber checks. Yeah, no rubber checks. Uh, we'll take pop cans for recycling, beer, empty beer <laughs> bottles. <laughs> what else? That's pretty much it. Uh, uh, what is the one with, like eBay when you pan eBay? What is that one thing called? Uh, PayPal. PayPal. Yeah, we'll take PayPal. Yeah, yeah. But there's one in in the states that they do. It's almost like e-transfers, EMTs, but it's called something else. I can't remember because uh, Venmo. Yeah, yeah. Because Venmo. someone asked me, "Do you have that?" I was like, I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah. When I was in the states, so. Would you recognize the Saskamoos as a builder? Or a player? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd go with a builder because he opened so many opportunities. Um, yeah. Right till the day he passed, he was all so passionate about youth and hockey, right? Like yeah. little NHL, he was there every year signing kids, is, um, giving them autographs and taking pictures with them. So... But he did have a good career as well, though, right? I'd put him more as a builder because he had so many years of just helping First Nation kids. That's a good one. I like that one. That was a good question. Hmm. And we'd have to put, like, some res res danglers in there, some res ringers, guys that (laughs) never played pro but played that on that res tourney scene and just dominated. So... Yeah, there's so many, so many different players we could do. Oh yeah. So next month is the Freddy. Um, teams at the Freddy should sell merchandise. Yes or no? I'd say yes. Yeah, I say yes too because it'd be cool to wear a hat like Canoe Lake Young Guns or Eagle Lake Cheese. And just For a ranking team, yeah. I think I'd probably buy like one of each if each team yeah. had a shirt or had it. I'd go out and buy. It'd be a good fundraiser too, because I know, like little NHL, my my home community, Moose Factory, they fundraise and they sell a lot of clothing as well to just anybody. So, because yeah. I have a couple of Moose Factory scrapper shirts, and it's cool to support these teams that are trying to go to the tournament. So that's something. I'm sure that uh, that little bit of money helps with somebody's meal or, you know, something for the day too. Especially with the gas going up. Like, oh, oh yeah. Geez. How much does it cost to fill up your truck? Do you fill it up or you just put 20 bucks here and there? 
No, I filled it up Friday. It was like 150, right from empty too. 150? That's <laughs> on the res yeah. too? No, just here in town. Oh, geez, you're rich, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. These res guys all gas up in town. Yeah. Holy shit. I only go to the class that... to... How much does it cost to fill up your, your vehicle? Uh, the Jeep, it's maybe like 70 bucks now. But the car, yeah. we have a, a charger now, and that's a guzzler, too. That's like 100 bucks. Wow. I know. Just for a car. Yeah. Big tank on that little thing. Yeah. But are you one of those that gas up at, a like, say, like a shell to – Get air miles or uh, that one by wholesale where you can use your uh, Ottoman points and shit like that. Huskies for the, uh, just for the, yeah, building points or whatever. So you can save I got money. that too. I got the Husky card. I think I'm like 60 bucks. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll sell you that card for 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to sell. But uh, yeah, I go to, that gas station by wholesale to get my shoppers optimum points. So for Freddy, they, they up the, uh, the import by one more player. Right? Is it four imports now? I think so. And That's I don't know such if a game changer though, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's imagine having like the Braves in Alberta, like Wacy rabbit and Judd Blackwater and, Colton, like they can make another two, three imports on that already good team. Yeah. Like Eagle Lake, too. So add, like they had Jared, Owen, Owen and uh, Tompkin there from Fort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tompkin, yeah. Yeah. If they add another good guy, like, holy geez. Probably dub check maybe or both of them. Yeah. So it's good to see. I heard that shit pot and Miyagi, they were supposed to they're making plans to go to the Freddy. <laughs> Man, I, I always to go watch to be some good hockey to watch all weekend. You'll just be busy making TikTok videos. Only oh, fuck on dry saddle of fucking yeah. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same same song every player. <laughs> yeah, just the. <laughs> we I, I think we'll have to go uh, support our, our bro uh, Shano too. Oh yeah, Shano, <laughs> our bro yeah. Shano got asked to play with White Dog. <laughs> Did you see his? Uh, they're called some uh, the Capitals, but they have like uh, Atlanta Atlanta Falcons logo. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is that? The uh, the capitals. It looks like a falcon. <laughs> well, they're not calling themselves the falcons. They're not calling themselves the falcons because people in the community in White Dog are complaining that they're using the White Dog Falcons name and they don't want uh, Mike to use the White Dog Falcons name. So just let him use a fucking name. It's only a name. Yeah. Representing the community and he's doing yeah. good by wanting to promote white dog as a community so just let them use the name people always gotta bitch and complain yeah, it's Shut not up. like you have to like they have to pay for entry right just make their way there do they, it i think they i don't know do they pay entry no 
No. Just make your make your own way there. Yeah. But yeah, sure I, I saw I was talking to Miyagi and he said that they were gonna go. They're gonna go be puck bunnies and watch. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm still going. I took my days off for that one already. I'll go sit in the the lobby and flex my stick and sit on my hockey <laughs> bag and see if I get picked up. <laughs> I'll Can take happen. a 75 flex so I can just flex it really easy. Borrow LT sticks. Our uh, our buddy LT, we f- he found a junior true stick when we were walking to the dressing room, and the guy kept it, and he put a plug in it. So an LT six six two six three. 275 pounds at least. Yeah. So he has this junior stick. It was like 65 flex. Then he puts a plug <laughs> in it. So it must be at least a 50 flex. And he just he used it in beer league. <laughs> yeah. What a cheap, oh. cheap guy, man. Yeah. Yeah, and there should be some, some good hockey there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good to see that they're changing the rules for that Sunday hockey that they're gonna play a three on three till someone scores and instead okay. of winning the game in a shootout. Because what is this fucking IIHF World Championship hockey? Yeah, that's a shitty way to lose in a shootout. And, and, so. yeah, and you've been playing all day, so your hands are already kind of yeah. You the Eagle Lake played five games that Sunday in the Freddy. Yeah. And like I love the love the Eagle Eight boys, but I knew like once it went to a shootout that they weren't gonna beat Roddy, Roddy Ross. So Roddy Ross is one of the better gold tenders in uh niche hockey. So but uh we someone should set up like uh you know how they have the NCAA basketball pools and just make wagers and yeah winner the closest for their bracket win something, we should set up a pool. Man, I would. I, I'm, I'm in. 20 bucks. Uh, Res Hockey, Fred's the Saskamoos pool, hockey pool. 100%, per, uh, 100% per, uh, the winner will get 100% of the winning. Yeah. So, but you just got to yeah. buy me something, though. With that. <laughs> we, should, we should. I wonder if we'll get in trouble and at the. Yeah. Tournament committee will say something. It's cool though. It makes me yeah. yeah. It'll get people watching the, the live feeds too, like the ones that can be there. So yeah, yeah. I, I will be beside the arena Thursday, taking uh, taking your money and placing your bets. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be. Holy shit, it's next month already. So I wonder if a lot of guys are still skating. And so, like, I know the Moose Factory guys, I don't know if they're skating at all. No tournaments up that way? No, that's a shitty thing. Like, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, they all yeah. have tourneys. Like, there was a tournament in Prince Albert, then North Balford, then there's Regina yeah. in May, Portage La Prairie. In a couple of weeks, but nothing on in and Ontario. Yeah, there's one in uh, OCN this weekend too. Yeah, so yeah. I think Ontario and Quebec are kind of 
cold. Going to cold be here. behind a play a little bit. Uh, Nova Swanapi Chiefs this year. Really? Yeah, they didn't. They uh, they pulled out. So huh. one of the teams that wanted what two years ago now or three years ago. Yeah. But I guess they were really sick. I think like that whole team got COVID when they came back from the Freddy. So oh, jeez. That was kind of a bad taste in their in their mouth, I guess you could say. But yeah, let's uh, let's start a a playoff bracket for Freddie. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. We should twenty five bucks. <laughs> With that being said, thanks, buddy. Thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Now. Good luck with your playoffs and may all your dirty wristers, your dirty snappers go top cheese <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Fun as always. All right, bro. I'll uh, talk to you again. And then remember, guys, if you're sick, stay the fuck home. Yeah. Wash your hands, sanitize your hands, and wear your mask. It's okay to wear your mask. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask. I still wear a mask when I'm out. It's like, Fuck man, I don't want nothing on me. Yeah. So take care of each other, love each other, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Have a good day.